Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I am so excited about what we're going to be doing this weekend. Let me fill you in on where we're headed. Today, you're going to get to hear from some people that you get to hear from often, but today you're going to get to hear from them in a whole new way. We have some of our awesome, amazing worship team up here, and I might be biased, but I just think we have like the best worship team in the world. Can we give it up for them? And I try to ask them why they don't ask me to sing, and they never have a good answer, but um, okay, so... um, no, we're going we're gonna to do something really fun. I, I want to say this before we jump in. Um, I, I realize at a church uh, like this, there are so many different people that are coming from different places in their journey with God. Some of you today have never been to church before, and that's amazing, and that happens all the time. And we love that we can exist as a church where people that are not familiar with church can come and feel a connection with God. And uh, then there are people that you have known God your entire life. You are extra paper Bible saved, I like to say. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, I don't use the app. I use only a paper Bible. I know all the words of shout to the Lord front ways and back ways. You know, like, I'm extra saved. And so there's probably those two extremes, and then somewhere in between, all the rest fall. And so um, here's what I pray today will do. We, want, we just said we want to create a space where everybody, no matter where they're at in their journey with God, can learn a little bit more about how to connect with God through this thing called worship. And who better than to ask our worship team to come up and do it? So we're calling this Summer Sounds today. And um, actually, what's really cool is that every campus today, their worship teams are leading this discussion, and uh, it's got a really cool uh, flavor to it. So here's what I thought we could do, because I know a lot of you know them, and, and many of you don't. I thought we could just real quickly introduce our panel to you. So let's start with Michaela over here. I'm Michaela. Um, I have been coming to BC Boardman for about four years now. This month, actually, it's been four years, so that's pretty cool. Um, I work at the Warren campus as the office manager and the creative design manager, and that's all, that's all I got. I'm Jess. I am 23 years old. Uh, Ty and I have been coming here for about two years now, actually, which is surprising. It hasn't felt like that long. Um, I'm a full-time student at YSU. I'm going for clinical mental health counseling. And on the side, I work with foster kids. So, yep. That's amazing. Hey, one more thing. Ty just proposed to Jess just a couple weeks ago. Come on. You can meet godly people in the house of God. All right. It's hard to follow that up, but I'm Aaron. And I'm married to this guy, um, 15 years this year. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. We've got two awesome kids, Joey, who's 13, and Riley, who's about to be 11. And uh, I don't know, I've been here for about 18 years, I think. And uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I'm the worship pastor here, by the way, too. I forgot to say what I did. Uh, My name's Corey. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I've been here for about, like, I don't know, I think it's been like five years, right? Yeah, yeah. five years. Um, I have a 10-year-old whose name's Brentley, Ryder is seven, Hayden's four, and I have Skylar, my little girl. She is five months. And yeah, yeah, that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. I feel like you were pregnant with Hayden when you started coming, so I'll kind of yeah, always know. Yeah, Oh, that's amazing. Hey, guys, my name is Chris. Um, I am 32 years old, and I've got two kids. I'm going to be four and two this year. Uh, my wife serves here on the greeting, the host team, greeting team. 
But uh, yeah, I think I started coming here the end of 2018 is wow. when it was actually. So that's amazing. Love it. All right, so we're about to dive in, and the includer in me wants to say this. Um, we, I wish I could have the whole worship team up here. They all embody a life of worship. Hello. They all embody a life of worship, and um, they, in so many ways, and, uh, but we only had so many seats. I actually, we have, what I, I really love is that we have such a diversity in age even, and um, you'll see someone that's up here that's in their 70s next to somebody that's a teenager, and I think that is such a beautiful picture of the way a church ought to be, and so um, without any further ado, I think we ought to just start with the basics because there might be some people that want to know, hey, like, what is worship really? Like, how would you even define it? And Chris, maybe you could kick us off and give us kind of your best definition of what is worship? How would you define it? Yeah, so I think there's a, a bunch of different ways that we worship. Um, but if you were to define it simply, I think it's just honoring God intentionally. So uh, through different acts, you know, uh, just spending time in the Word, serving other people, everything that we do, the ultimate goal is to honor God. So I think honoring God intentionally is how I define so, it. I love that. I just want to share this quote from Louis Giglio's book, uh, Wired for a Life of Worship. He says this, worship is simply about value. Worship is our response to what we value most. It's what we're all about on any given day because worship is about saying this person, this thing, this experience, this whatever is what matters most to me. It's the thing I put first in my life. Hmm, that's really good. And if, if you're not familiar with Louis Giglio, great author, that was one of the first books that taught me about worship. It's called Wired. And um, if you want to look it up, that's a good one. Another great one is called Heart of Worship, The Heart of Worship by Matt Redman. Super good, really tiny, short read. And hey, let's do this. Let's go in the Wayback Machine real quick. Uh, you guys are all church people, church kids on some level. And um, I'm just curious, what are some of like your favorite old school, like these are the songs that you first, you first encountered God with. Um, like when you sing them, you kind of feel like you're levitating off the ground. You get goosebumps on the back of your neck. I want to hear them real quick. Shout them out to me. Michaela, Jess, what do, what do you got? Um, all in all. Oh, all in all. Do we have any all in all fans in here? Uh, from the Inside Out, Hillsong. Okay. That's a good one. Did I That's take it? Stolen oh, no. both. I love it. That's good. Jess, how about you? Mine's really old school, but I love it as well. It is That's, well. Oh, it's yeah. hard to beat that one. Just I think she word. wins. That's good. She literally stole my, my two, I was going to say, but I love that. So it came to my rescue. Oh, Hillsong my United, yeah. Awesome God. I mean, like awesome the, God, like the Rich version. Mullins. When he rolls up Come on. his sleeves, he ain't just putting on the Ritz. That's the Carmen version. Anybody? Our God is okay. awesome. Nobody, you right. guys aren't Christian enough. I guess you don't know it. All right. <laughs> Already insulting the audience. Sorry, guys. All right, so here's what I want. Just shout them out to me. What are your favorite old school worship songs? Come on, we're all family here. Just, you don't have to raise your hand. Just shout them to me. Amazing Grace. What's that? I come to the gardens alone. How great thou art. That's a great one. Old rugged cross. Jesus loves me. Come on. What's that, Patrick? He grew the tree. Revelation song. All right. Rise, rise and shine in the garden. Come on. This is fun. We could do this all day. How about Biggs? What do you, what do you got, man? Uh, it, it doesn't get me in my feels, but trading my sorrows. Yes, Lord. Oh. Anybody do the punches like I did as a kid? Like, Can we bring that back? Yes, you did punches when you did it, huh? <laughs> Choreography, it was all in, in the 90s for sure. Love it. All right, Corey? I, my, um, 
I guess I'm not like as old school as you guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but like when I think of what the music that was in was like Desert Song and um, oh, like yeah. an avalanche. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and I think this is a good point that all of us are forever going to see God through the lens of when we first met him, you know? And so I think even just the longer you know God, you're always going to kind of have those precious moments where you think back to, wow, that was the moment where I first met him. I'm actually curious, this group, if you could kind of share with us, uh, what, what's your, kind of your earliest, earliest memory of worship? Um, Aaron, you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in a pastor's home, and he was also a worship pastor. So uh, there was just music always. I mean, my mom was a part of this, everything. They actually had their own band. I should have had them put a picture up. It was so cool. Uh, they had a band called Tehillah Praise, which was very, very old school, Christian-y word. It's very cool. Anyways, um, they were always playing worship music in our house. They had their band practice there. My dad was always writing songs. Um, and so literally just, I was thinking about this, like just from my time I can remember when I was little, just there was always worship music. Um, I was at our band practices at church every Thursday night for like, you know, six hours, which is extra because you're the worship leader's kid. You're just there a long time. Um, my kids, I feel bad for them. They have to do that too. So, um, yeah, so I don't know. It was just, it was just immersed in it my whole life. So, yep. Yeah, that's amazing. Michaela, how about you? Yeah, so I also grew up in a Christian home, and we went to a little bit more of a conservative church um, growing up, but I can remember when I was in high school, um, I don't have like a lot of vivid memories, but I can vividly remember um, my, probably my junior year, I was like 16 or 17, and I can remember just being at church, and um, the song Take Heart by Hillsong was playing, and the worship team was just like giving it their all, and I felt like just this like intense connection that I had never felt before with God, and uh, I can remember that was the first time I ever raised my hands in worship, and just like felt so much freedom in that moment. Mm, that's awesome. Jess, how about you? I don't have like a specific moment where I think I did because I've been a Christian my whole life. So I've grown up in a pastor's home, but I never really knew what worship actually meant until I started coming here a couple years ago. So I think there was one time where they played Breakthrough and I just bawled my eyes out the whole time. And then I think I felt that like freeing experience of like, this is, this is God, you know? Mm. That's really awesome. Corey, keep the good times rolling. Tell us, tell us, you know, an early memory. Um, so I was not really raised in a Christian home. So around 2013, I went to a conference. I was like a really baby, baby Christian. Um, and everyone was like, oh, Stephen Furtick's going to be there. And I was like, I don't even know who Stephen Furtick is. Um, but I, and I honestly have no idea what he even said in the message because I was like. That's always encouraging to a preacher, you know. <laughs> idea but I was so captivated by the worship that I just I, I left that conference like seriously changed and it was just some type of something that happened in worship and and God really captured my heart that's awesome yeah we can give it up for that that's really cool Biggs how about you man yeah, I'm like Aaron. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. My mom uh, was always on the praise team. And uh, 
So I was always at the midweek practices and there, you know, five hours before church started. No, not that long. But, uh, you know, I, I was always there. But I think one of, one of the coolest memories, the earliest memory, I had to be like a young toddler. I don't know. But I just remember sitting, we had a, um, a vocal group come in the church. So like my mom got to sit with us in the service rather than singing. So I was sitting with her and uh, it was just so awesome. This group, uh, I don't know, we were just, I felt God's presence so much that I'm not like the overtop person, but I swear during the, uh, you know, the vocal group's performance, like I felt God's presence so much that I felt like I saw some like angels or something above the stage, just his presence. So he was literally in the room with us and it blew me away. It was the first time I've ever felt like that. And uh, I remember what makes it even, you know, even a better story. And I'm getting goosebumps. I shared it the other night too, but but yeah, I know, right? On, on our way home, I remember, you know, I'm a little kid, but I talked to my mom and I said, hey, mom, that was so cool tonight. Like, I told her exactly what I saw. And she said she felt the same thing. She saw the same thing. So I, I was like, felt super connected in that way. So Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. When I think about, um, when I think about worship, my dad's always said it this way, that worship is the atmosphere of heaven. So whenever we create the atmosphere of heaven, it, it draws God to it. It's, it's kind of like when, I don't know if any parents can relate to this, but when my kids were really little, their ears, I mean, we would ask them, you know, to, to you know, go fetch something or do a chore or whatever, and they wouldn't hear us till five times later. But if they heard a candy wrapper crinkle, you know what I'm saying? Like they, it, they would instantaneously be, what do you got there? What do you, you have, you know, you have to like keep your own special stashes in your room. You know, I've never done that. Aaron does that, but. No, but I just, to me, that's a picture of what worship is. It's like God is drawn to worship. He's, he's drawn to moments when we humble ourselves in, in, in his sight and just say, God, I want to connect with you. And it's a beautiful thing. Now, this is interesting. When I was growing up, and you kind of heard Chris allude to this, we called it praise and worship. Anybody remember that? Now it's just worship. It's just, so, but this is interesting because there's something to the idea of praise versus worship. And I thought I'd have my worship pastor wife just share a little bit about just kind of the difference. Yeah, so you know, I don't know where along the way, I feel like we just kind of dropped the word praise from what we do here uh, in church together, but technically it's praise and worship. And so um, the word worship in the Bible uh, really it has two main different meanings, and, and one is to bow down in reverence, and the other is to serve. And so um, there's literally no connection in the way of worship meaning to sing or to play instruments or to do, you know, the technical part of what we're doing up here. That is technically not worship. Um, what happens, though, is when we praise, which is, uh, it could, actually, there are seven different meanings of the word praise in the Bible. I'll just quickly tell you them. I'm not going to say the words because I'm going to really butcher No, them. you should try. Oh. Please. Oh, this is Do shameful. it. No okay. judgment. Halal, um, to jump, dance, to be loud and clamorous. Yada, to throw your hands up and forward while making confession about God. Tauda, to lift your hands in thanksgiving. Shabak, a loud, joyous shout of testimony. Zamar, to worship the Lord while playing an instrument. Barak, to kneel in reverence and submission. Tehila, to sing a spontaneous, unrehearsed song of the Lord from your spirit. I have to wonder if that's tequila, you know, tequila. You there might be some, some spontaneous, spontaneous songs sung yeah, with that know. as well. <laughs> but 
yeah, so there's all these meanings. This means praise. So when we come into church and we're singing together, we're, we're praising God. And I believe what really is happening is, is praise is a pathway to worship. It gets our minds on the right thing. It gets our minds fixed on who God is and what he's done. And, and then our hearts actually turn to worship. Um, you know, so there's the, worship is, like I said, bowing down. It's also serving. But when we look at the New Testament, the Bible tells us that God's looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. And what that means is from our hearts and also according to the word of God, what Jesus did for us. And so um, we take that and in our hearts as we're singing these words and we're praising God, we're doing what he's commanded us to do, um, our hearts turn to worship towards him. So the goal of praise is always to get to worship. So that's why we call it worship. Really, it's praise and worship. So. That's really interesting. And it's, it's so fascinating when you read, especially the Old Testament, the Hebrew language paints so many pictures and they have so many different words for the same concepts. In English, we might just say praise. But in Hebrew, it could be any of those seven. And so if you ever want to do an interesting word study, when you're reading praise in the different Psalms or in different moments in the Old Testament, click on what the meaning of that word is in that context. And it gives you this beautiful perspective of what's going on. All right, that's really helpful. Now, I want to go to Jess next. And Jess, help, help me here. I think there are some people that can relate to this. Uh, we said it in the song. It's one thing to worship God on Sunday for the 30 minutes when we're surrounded by all these amazing people and hearing this incredible band. But what does it look like to worship God the other six days of the week? Yeah, so um, like I said before, I work with foster kids. So what that pretty much entails is that I go to wherever the kid is and I take them out in the community to do whatever they want. So like a lot of times it's usually extreme air. Like if you go there, you're probably going to see me there. Um, pretty much anything. If they want to go to the park, I'll take them there. And we just kind of go through their problems and what they're going through. I'm just a person for them to talk to. And it's usually about half an hour drive in between each session that I have. So I always will put worship music on for that half hour, and I'll either pray for the kid in whatever situation they're going through. If it's a good session, I'll be like, thank you that the session's going well, you know what I mean? Thank you that their life is going well. Um, so I do that every single time I'm in the car. It just kind of became a habit, and it wasn't that easy at first. Like, I had to really make it a habit. I had to think about it every time I put my seatbelt on. That's kind of what I would think of to put on the worship music. Yeah. That's really good. I think that's just so practical and helpful. Now, let me talk to the moms on the panel, okay? Because um, you guys are busy. You got a few things going on. I will acknowledge that as a husband. Um, it's School is out right now, so maybe even a little more so. What are you guys doing to balance all the busyness and, and chaos of life? You guys don't just, uh, you're not just full-time moms, but then you're, you're taking care of all kinds of things. You're serving and volunteering at the church. You're cooking, all those things. Um, how are you balancing that and in, in living a life of worship through that? Corey, you want to tell us how that works in your life? Well, I think that it's a trial and error thing. I think for me, um, it works really well when I wake up in the morning before my kids wake up. And um, I'll just read my Bible. And um, I, I, I like to set the tone, too. So um, I don't like the TV being on if it's not like worship music in the morning, too. Um, but also, I think that um, throughout the day, like 
I used to discredit myself so much, and actually Michaela made me feel so much better about it, was I don't have this like super long period of time to just sit down and pray. So it would just be like these short, tiny prayers throughout the day. And, um, and the Bible says that in Psalms, actually, look, let me read this. Um, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I think that that's just so important that we remember, like, we shouldn't discredit just those those small prayers because we are meeting with him, and, and you know, it's special. Yeah, that's really helpful. Erin, anything you'd throw yeah, in there? I mean, definitely haven't perfected it at all. Um, sometimes I, I feel like my time is, like, when I'm getting ready. It is, it's a good time. But like Corey said, just kind of making it this thing that's continually in your mouth. You're just always praising. Um, one thing I, I like to do sometimes, and I feel like I've been failing at this lately, but I like to just put on some worship music on YouTube um, first thing in the morning. And I've noticed anytime I do that, it kind of just changes the tone of even like when my kids are waking up. You know, it's not just this crazy loud, like whatever's going on. They typically come down and they're kind of just like, you know, and they sit there and they're they're watching it and they're just kind of, you know, it's it's like mesmerizing in a sense because it's just so cool to see that. Like I, I said it during worship, to see you guys out here worshiping, lifting your hands and singing, I can't tell you, it's just so cool to see that and to watch it. And so, um, yeah, that's what I do in the car. If we're going anywhere, I love to put on worship music and, uh, you know, it's good. Yeah, that's beautiful. And um, I think about this and I, I think moms, you need to hear this. You are a little too hard on yourselves, usually by nature, and you're typically going to highlight the things that you're not doing. And um, man, I, I think that if we can just be reminded that God doesn't need pretty, well-put-together prayers all the time, um, he sees right through all of that to our heart. I think the New Testament has a lot to say about that, actually. And um, man, just, just getting to the heart of it and saying, God, I might not be able to have like a one-hour session of prayer today, but can I live a life of prayer today? Can prayer and praise just be the priority? Can it be the thing that's always on my lips? And um, he does incredible things through that. I, I was thinking about just even the concept of the sacrifice of praise. You hear this terminology a lot in the Bible. In Romans 12, one is a great example. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, there's a really great example of the sacrifice that would be associated with praise, and um, it's the story of David bringing back the ark. Remember, it had been captured, and this was literally, it was the presence of God. Before we housed the presence of God as houses of the Holy Spirit, it, God dwelled among his people in something called the Ark of the Covenant. It was, it was literally God in a box. It was, I mean, you, want, you read through it, it is crazy to think about this. So God's presence has not been with the people of Israel for a long time. And David has this amazing moment where he gets to carry the presence of God back to Jerusalem. And this is interesting. It's an eight-mile journey. This is the original eight-mile for all you fans of eight-mile. This is this is an eight-mile journey, and you better believe there were some bars on the way into the city. David was dancing, so much so that like his outer garment came off, and people were judging him for how he was dancing. But I want you to hear this. David decided on his way in that he was so excited and so thankful for what God had done for him that he was going to make a sacrifice over this eight-mile journey every six steps. Now, I want you... I, 
I did the math, okay? I just want you to think about how much this sacrifice cost David. So think about every time they would do a sacrifice, there was an animal involved. That was the currency of their culture. It was expensive. It was not cheap to do this. It took a lot of time. And get this, so if you break down eight miles into steps, it would be 14,000 steps. He sacrificed every six steps. So if you're good at math, you know 2,347 sacrifices were raised up to God. And so here's why I say that, because a lot of times it's easy to offer cheap worship to God, worship with just our words, worship that doesn't cost us anything. But this statement was made, he said, I refuse to sacrifice that which costs me nothing. And so I just pray every time we come to God, every time we come to his presence, that we would never come empty handed. And I don't just mean with money or things, I just mean with the things in our heart. Uh, some of us, I think we have like this in our pockets praise that we are God. And I was, I was just thinking about this. If you ever, uh, you know, get arrested, how many have been arrested? It's a joke. Don't, don't raise your hand. Um, no perfect people left. If you, if you get arrested, then they'll, what do they tell you to do? Hands in the air. And, and of course, this is a sign of surrender. But also what I was thinking about is this is a sign that there is nothing I'm holding back. There's nothing I'm hiding. And every time I come to God with worship and I'm bringing a sacrifice of praise, what I'm really saying to God is, God, you have everything. You have my full attention. There's nothing I'm hiding in my heart from you. There's, there's no corner of my heart that's dark where I won't let your light shine in. And it is such a beautiful thing to watch God work through that. So it's a sacrifice of praise. Let me just find where I am here in uh, my notes. Um, all right. So here's another thought I'd like to cover. I think this will probably be one of the most helpful questions we address. I think it's one thing to worship God when everything's going great, when I get all the green lights on my way to work, when, uh, when, when all the things are working in my life. But, you know, I think it's a whole other thing when we offer our worship to God when we're going through difficult things. And, and Jess, I, uh, I think about your story. And uh, so many people in the room know your story, but many people don't. And you've been through a lot of pain in the last season, um, a lot of disappointment, a lot of, of discouragement. How has worship walked you through those moments? Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, um, my mom passed away almost exactly a year ago from brain cancer. And my grandfather passed away suddenly on the same day. So a lot's happened in the past year. She got diagnosed two years prior to that. So that's been a battle. The past three years have been pretty tough, but I think I've healed through worship. I really think um, there's been a lot, the good, the bad, and the ugly, it's all been through worship for me, I really think. Like there have been songs where I don't connect with it because I realize I'm angry with him. And so it takes me a while, but I think I've really fought through, like, if you don't respond to the words that are in the song, make them your own. You know, like, Too Good to Not Believe was a big one. It talked about healing and just how you see the good that God does. And in my head, I was like, I have not seen that in three years. I have not seen him heal anyone. I haven't seen any of those things. So before the set on that Sunday, I decided to just give it all to God and talk with him about it. And then I just kind of changed my way of thinking. I made the words my own. So I had to do that for a lot of worship. But I think to where the point I'm at now, uh, we started seeing homecoming. And I think I've just experienced pure joy when we sing that because it talks about how when Jesus 
left the grave, death lost its sting. And um, it's just a beautiful thing to picture my mom in heaven with her dad singing and dancing and laughing. And it's just such an amazing thing when you actually work through those songs and figure out that it's 100% your relationship with him. It's not everyone's thing is the same, so. Yeah, that's beautiful. I've, I've watched God work in Jess's life in her dad and the whole family, and they love Jesus with all their heart. And I can tell you that there are definitely moments where things happen in my life that I don't understand. But I'm, I'm gonna ask Jess, to, do you have that scripture? In just a second, I'd love for you to read it. Put a pin in that for one second. I, th- I think for all of us, if we can get to the point in our life where we worship God, not because of what's happening or not happening in our circumstance, but because of who he is and what he's already done for us through Jesus, then there starts to be this amazing, beautiful thing that happens as we trust him in that process. Yeah, so a verse that fits that really well is Psalm 31, and it reads, I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. I will constantly speak of his glories and grace. I will boast of all his kindness to me. Let all who are discouraged take heart. Let us praise the Lord together and exalt his name. Yeah, that's beautiful. And um I just love that. We're proud of you, Jess, and we know it's a process. And, and the reason, because I think it would be easy to sanitize her story or maybe not share, share some of the more difficult things, but um, I, I know there are some people in here that are walking through pain and struggle, and you just you need to be reminded that God is good and he wants to walk through everything you're going through. And um, Michaela, just uh, a couple years ago, you went through something that was really difficult in your family with your dad's health. How did worship walk you through that? Yeah, so about three years ago, my dad had um, two strokes. They were about a week apart from each other. After the first one, it seemed like he was really making a lot of progress. We brought him home, um, and then, like I said, that that week mark, he uh, he had a second stroke at our house, and so that kind of put us on this uh, this journey, I guess, um, walking through what that was going to look like. The second one done second stroke did uh, quite a bit more damage than the first. And so um, just kind of walking through that situation with my family, a lot of time at the hospital, a lot of time uh, driving back and forth to Cleveland and then even to Akron when he did um, some therapies. It was probably about like a a two-month period, I guess I would say, where we were going back and forth. And um, one way that I felt like worship really just kind of kept me going and kept me going through those moments was um, just that that was the main thing that I could turn to when I was feeling overwhelmed, when I was feeling um, even lonely and just questioning and doubting everything that was going on. Um, At Saney's main campus, there is a little chapel and there's a piano in there. And so if my family couldn't find me, it was probably because I had gone away and was just by myself in that chapel, um, just playing piano and just worshiping um, thankfully, there was no, never anybody else around, so I would just kind of sing um, whatever came to my mind. But Another in the Fire was one that I would just sit and play for like hours at a time, and it was just the most comforting thing to be able, even in the midst of a place where there was so much pain and chaos and things going on, I could still find that kind of quiet moment where I could draw near to God, and then in the midst of that, really seeing how he was drawing near to us, just like his word says. Yeah, that's beautiful, and I watched that happen, and um, man, I'll tell you what, let's, let's keep it with Michaela for a moment. All right, I think there might be some people here that say, you know, Joe, every time I go to try to worship God, um, there are a lot of moments where I feel unworthy 
and I hear people say that a lot, I just kind of feel like I, I, don't, I don't feel like God wants me um, or I don't feel like I'm worthy to worship him. Or what about like when you're just not feeling it? Like, can you talk to us about that? How has God helped you through that? Yeah, so I feel like I can kind of uh, get to that place a little bit more often. Um, I probably have a little bit of perfectionist in me more than I like to admit sometimes. Um, and so I think for me, I'll typically start feeling like maybe I'm not doing enough. I'm not praying enough. I'm not reading my Bible enough. And so in the midst of all of that, I'm just, you know, kind of focused on what I'm doing or what I'm not doing and um, kind of starting to lose the focus. But I had a situation last year at summer camp, actually, um, where I was supposed to be uh, leading worship one of the mornings and I woke up and I just randomly hurt my neck. Like I pinched a nerve or something. It popped. I was like almost passed out couldn't move, couldn't do anything for quite a few hours. Obviously, I couldn't lead worship. And so I was really disappointed just feeling like I wanted to be able to serve in that way. And I was so excited about it to have the opportunity and everything. Um, but in the midst of it, I, I went to the worship service and I was just worshiping and praying. And then a couple hours later, I met up with Joe and Aaron and some of the team that was there. And they introduced me to um, Pastor Jeff Travis, who was here a couple months ago at BC Boardman. Um, and we had just this moment where he, the whole group was praying over me, praying um, for my neck to be healed. And because um, I was at the point like I couldn't turn my head, I couldn't raise my arm, I couldn't do anything um, and just physically in a lot of pain. So we prayed for, I don't know, 15 minutes ish. No, no immediate healing happened, but it was just a cool experience because I felt like my faith was strengthened. But then more than that, I had this moment afterwards where Pastor Jeff and I were just talking and, um, and he just had such an encouraging word for me and for what I was going through, things that he would have never been able to know because we didn't know each other before that. Um, and I say all that to say, he kind of spoke specifically into some of those thoughts and ideas of not doing enough or not, you know, not being good enough for God and not feeling worthy in that way. And he just reminded me um, in the kindest and most gentle way that it doesn't matter what I'm doing, but God just wants to be with me and to spend time with me because I'm his daughter. Um, and so really that's all he's looking for is just those moments, not because of anything I do or don't do or how well I do something, but because of who I am because of Christ. Yeah, that's so good. I like it. Really what Michaela is saying is that God, we don't connect with him based on our, you know, our performance or any of the things that we could do to earn to get with him, it's based on our position. It's based on the fact that we are a son and a daughter of God. Uh, Chris, anything you would add into that, that conversation, what to do when you're not feeling it or you feel unworthy? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, if you're feeling unworthy to worship, I think you're exactly where God expects you to be. Uh, we go through so many things as Christians, and even, even before we know God, just so many trials in our lives, and something that he's really taught me uh, when I feel like I'm unworthy is to worship through it. Um, you know, uh, I, I just remember there's, there's, this, there's this time back uh, when I was a part of a worship band years ago, and uh, it, was, it was a time where a lot of the members that I was serving with, uh, we served together for years, and there was a point where we... Um, started to get disconnected a little bit and dishonoring God and a lot of the things that we uh, were saying. Maybe we just got too comfortable with each other, and we had this new guy 
um, I know that came uh, to the church and he was getting plugged in and he was a part of it. And I remember this, this one week in this practice, we just felt so dirty. I don't know, it would be a word where we just felt so unworthy. Unworthy is the word that I'm looking for. And I remember at the end of that worship practice, um, this guy was blown away by the presence of God on a night that we felt so unworthy and so um, just not where we were supposed to be. I think God's presence through worship always kind of changes things uh, to direct the focus back to him. Mm. So it was just a a time that I I still, I remember it like it was yesterday. So, yeah. That's beautiful. I, uh, do you have a scripture to read for us? Share that with us. I do. So Hebrews 4.15 says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, uh, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Uh, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So he knows that we're, we're struggling. Um, there's nobody perfect out there. The only perfect person ever was, was Jesus. So it's really cool to see that. Yeah, that's powerful. We're about to uh, end things here, and I want to kind of end on this question because I think it would be helpful. Um, how have you guys, because I know for every one of us here, we have different struggles, but there are going to be days where it's not that we're just not feeling it, but it feels like the walls are caving in. It feels like there, there is anxiety and so, so much stress all around us. How have you guys watched worship change the atmosphere around you? Corey, you had a really cool moment where that happened in your life. Yeah, so um, when I was in the hospital having Skylar, my little girl, um, I had uh, Bethel's, I think it's called the Peace Project or something like that. I just had it playing in the background. Um, It was so special. My nurse was walking around singing along with it, and it was, I was like, I was just like, oh, God, you're awesome. (laughs) But um, so after, you know, that happened, you get transferred to the other side, and you have, like, so many nurses, and every single nurse that came in to the room was like, wow, it's, it's just so peaceful in here. And the one nurse, she's like, wow, it's like so calm and peaceful in here. I just like don't want to leave. And I think it's just like such a testimony to like just how powerful something just so soft and simple, just playing in the background, um, just, you know, just glorifying him and people are attracted to it and they don't even realize what it is. Yeah, that's so cool. Chris, you said something similar with your son will happen. Yeah, it's really cool. It happens actually a lot, which is really cool. Actually, this morning, uh, kind of also. But, like, I've got, uh, they're going to be four and two. Uh, My oldest boy, his name is Jace, and uh, there's just some days, anybody that has kids knows, there's just some days they just wake up on the wrong side of the bed, and they're just, (laughs) you know, in those moods. And, uh, hey, us too, right, if we're being honest. But uh, there's times I know where, you know, we'll have have a rough morning, and, uh, you know, he's in the back seat, and... uh, you know, he's just having having one of those times, and uh, we'll just put on a worship a worship song. And sometimes he'll even ask for a worship song. He'll say, "Daddy, mommy, could you put on on a worship song for us?" And he'll just he'll just start singing, and we can hear him. And it's some of the coolest things ever. But um, it, what's awesome is even after that, he'll say, "You know, out of nowhere, you know, it'll be a couple minutes later, he'll say, Mommy, Daddy, I feel I feel a lot better.' You know, after that, so it's humbling. You know, for young kids, you know, not even you know." He's not a Christian. I know he, he knows about Jesus, you know, but um, how worship changes his heart also. So really that's cool. beautiful. All right, so here's where I think we can end. 
I told you guys we're, we're going to end with some worship, and here's what we wanted to do. We wanted to kind of just tee you up to have a moment where you can practice and put into practice what you just learned. And so it's not going to be a long moment, but um, in just a moment, we're going to do that. And furthermore, before we jump into that, I just wanted to end by asking you guys, if somebody's building a playlist right now, all right, they've got, they're on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, and they're like, I need some tunes. Obviously, some of the ones that we sing here would be great. What are some great uh, bands that you guys like that you would recommend? Just throw some out there to us. I've got two. They're solo artists, but I was just talking to Dave Doug about her earlier. Her name's Davi Flowers, and she's like the new Lauren okay. Dave. I learned like something today. Okay. And she is, oh my gosh. Like we were worshiping to her earlier, and it's just, oh my gosh. Worshiping to her song. That sounded yeah. bad. <laughs> that sounded bad. We were just worshiping her. And so you said Davi Flowers. Davi Flowers. Okay. Write that down, everybody. Okay. Aaron? Listen, don't judge me, okay? But. You can't go wrong with Hillsong. I'm sorry. They write some really good no stuff. No judgment. It's all okay. biblical, and it is catchy mm-hmm. and good, and uh, I love Hillsong. So there's a lot of other ele- elevation. I mean, honestly, I feel like you literally can't go wrong with them. You, the whole album is going to be really good. Um, love it. Yep. What else? Any, any other ones? I'd say uh, Leland. Leland's a Leland. band. L-E-E-L-A-N-D. So uh, I'm a little biased because he's like my same age, so I kind of grew up with him. So. Yep. You know, but yeah, everything that he sings is, it's super simple. His lyrics are very simple uh, to kind of follow and everything's just really, really powerful. So that's beautiful. I love it. Corey, how about you? Any other ones we didn't mention? Um, house fires. Oh, house yeah. fires. It's so, Those yeah, are super good. Beautiful. Yeah. And they're almost a little bit more stripped back and it's not like, yeah. there's not as much uh, structure to how they yeah, do it. So they'll just go off. It's a little bit more spontaneous and it's just yeah. so beautiful. And I put it, like on my play, always sleep to music, and that was like my go-to playlist for the longest time as housewives. That's awesome. I don't know if anyone said it. Michaela, what do you got? You got any? Yet? Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of the Belonging Co. Recently. Oh yeah, their new album They're is super really good. good. Um, Brian and Katie Torwalt is another mm-hmm. one that may be a little bit different. Um, and then Gotta Love SEU Worship. You know, SEU Worship is really good. Did anybody say Mav City? Maverick City is pretty good. Um, yeah, those are all amazing options. There's so many more. Elevation rhythm, okay? Elevation like rhythm. more younger sounding things, SEU and Elevation Rhythm are your place to be. Hillsong yeah. Young and Free. So, if yeah. you want to go old school, you want to go on a little journey, pull up some Hosanna Integrity stuff, okay? <laughs> some Maranatha. That's These are for people that are extra saved, okay? You'll have the front row seats in heaven with me. And... Um, <laughs> No, I'm kidding. But hey, can we one time, can we give it up for the amazing panel, panelists? And Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.